0: Shalom Alechem, welcome to the Shmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Irving Massey. Irving is the son of Yiddish writer Ida Maza, whose autobiographical novel, Dina, has just been published in English, translated by Yeremi Yahu Aaron Taub. Dina was published posthumously in Yiddish and is now available in English for the first time. Welcome Irving I'm really so pleased that you could join me today and really eager to have a chance to speak with you about your mother her work and Dina and before we get started I will just say that um, you and I will try not to spoil the term the uh, story in terms of the ending so with luck we can avoid that in our conversation It, it just reads so beautifully it would be a shame to deny the reader the experience of being transported from beginning to end. So we'll do our best, yes? So um, Irving, to get started, I wondered if you would share a little bit about your mother, her work, her life, and, and maybe about growing up with a Yiddish writer. I know that your mother was referred to as the dead mother of Yiddish Montreal. So Yiddish was very much a part of your childhood.
1: Uh, Yes, it was uh, part of my childhood to the extent that I spoke no other language till I was five years old. Uh, And uh, I still speak, uh, read, and write Yiddish. uh, And uh, it's still my mother tongue. Um, And um, it was also the tongue of my environment when I was a child, because Jewish Montreal at that time was a very coherent community of, I think, close to 100,000 people. uh, And uh, one didn't really have to go outside of it in order to survive. Uh, You could sort of live a Yiddish life um, in three dimensions. And uh, uh, this, this was true. Uh, well, in many ways, uh, I mean, the owner uh, of uh, the local factory, uh, Mrs. Kaiserman, uh, was Jewish, and many of my mother's friends worked in her factory. Uh, and um, um, going from the commercial to the cultural, uh, the uh, our, our apartment. Uh, was a destination uh, for Jewish uh, writers uh, and, uh, and artists from all over the world. Uh, and uh, they often stayed with us, uh, many of them very famous ones. For instance, uh, uh, Leivik, uh was a regular guest in our house, uh, and uh, Milich Ravitch, was our next door neighbor, we lived in apartment six, and he lived in apartment five. And uh, there was no such thing in those days as uh, warning you that you were coming over. Uh, People just knocked on the door and came in. And Ravich was a very frequent uh, visitor in our apartment. And uh, (laughs) it's interesting at that time, I was studying German at the university at McGill, and uh, he would come over and I would practice German conversation with him. Um, I should mention something for the history books that I think may not be known and should be recorded, and that is, I believe that Zavich had had tuberculosis at one time, uh, and um a very serious case, so that he was not even allowed to speak. Uh, I don't think anyone has written that down uh, in any of the in any part of the voluminous writings about uh, Melachravich. Anyway, all the stores in the neighborhood uh, around Mount Royal uh, and Esplanade where we lived, which was a slum at that time all the stores, not all the stores, but uh, um, many of the stores were owned by Jews. uh, And uh, 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 to repeat, it was a kind of three-dimensional Jewish world that I was born into.
0: Curious to ask you, As your mother was a writer, and obviously, as you've just explained, Irving, the the house was full of other Yiddish writers, many men writers, you know, and as well as women writers. Did they share their work back and forth? Did they get one another to comment, read?
1: Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, It's interesting. There was a a really very uh, strict hierarchy. Uh, among Yiddish uh, cultural figures. Each one knew his or her position in that hierarchy. And the um, the visiting dignitaries tended not to, uh, to share or discuss their work uh, with the local uh, figures. Uh, Kadri Molodowski, who was a close friend of my mother's, and we spent we spent a lot. She spent a lot of time with her, with us, and we when when we would visit her in New York, also. Uh, but um, I don't think that she would um, offer her uh, her poems as uh, you know for for comment or discussion. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the local people uh, were constantly. Uh, offering, uh, you know, uh, talking about their work. In fact, I think of our household as having been a full-time poetry workshop sort of 24 hours a day. Um, uh, But again, with a certain awareness of hierarchy, knowing exactly where in the pecking order, say, uh, uh, you do single stood uh, in relation to to uh, uh, perhaps uh, Rachel Korn uh, or, uh, or uh, Sholem Stern, who was very low on the totem pole, and, and so forth.
0: It's, it's fascinating, and um, at some point we'd love to come back to a conversation with you as well, Irving, related to our decade of discovery theme this year, which is women in Yiddish. But I'm gonna move on to Dina um, for this conversation. Dina is an autobiographical novel and it draws from your mother's childhood as a young Jewish girl growing up in a village in white Russia. It's told with such vivid detail. And I'm curious to ask if you can speak a bit about when she wrote this and why it was published Posthumously, and I have a little bit about that in terms of the MM Schaffer introduction, which we can get into. But um, just uh, you know, in relation to your mother, and um, you know, when and, and why, and all of the rest of it that you know, in terms of why she wrote it.
1: Well, um, she wrote it. Uh, why she wrote it? She wrote it. Be- I think because, as I as I've said. She never really left Europe, um, and uh, she was just reliving a part of her life that was still very vivid and very present for her. Um, She just never gave up all that background. uh, And um, uh, it was natural, in a sense, for her to write that book because it didn't, require her to go out her, outside herself in any way uh, she wrote it at a time when she was sick in bed um, for a year she was uh, un, unable to to uh, be up and about uh, I had to take over much of the of the household at the age of twelve so that would have been Around 1936, 37, That doesn't make sense because I think of Dina's having been written right later. So I, I, I mean, I don't trust my memory. God knows, and um, there is a real discrepancy there that I can't, I can't right now um, reconcile because I say. I, in fact, I have a painting that I did of her uh, when she was sitting in bed writing that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of myself as having been a young teenager at the time. Maybe I have a date's wrong. Um, because she herself, I think, dated the writing of the book far later in the, well into the uh, 1960s, I believe it. No, couldn't have been because she died then. Um, in any case, she dated the 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 writing of the book later than I remember it to have been done. Uh, so, uh, uh, what can I say? The more than that, she she was. Uh, I mean, she was just reliving. Uh, a a part of her life that that had never uh, that she had never left behind her. I mean, she sang constantly. Uh, uh, she sang uh, folk songs, Yiddish, uh, Russian, uh, Ukrainian. Uh, you know, uh, anything that uh, that she had heard um, and. Uh, that constant singing and repetition of those songs from her childhood is sort of like Dina itself. It's a repetition in song uh, of the of the world that she was constantly reliving inside herself.
0: It's it's fascinating because they talk a lot about how how music um, is sort of the last of. Um, our senses that go, um, and how it's able to provide recall, you know, um, the translator, um, he includes a brief note at the beginning of the book, and it's from M.M. Schaffer, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who I understand worked with your mother on the Yiddish manuscript, and I'm going to read this paragraph, which sort of speaks to your, um, trying to figure out exactly what that time frame is, and it said, um, This is quoting your mother, Schaffer. We need to get together and work on my manuscript for real. So confided, sorry, so confided, Ida Maza. May she rest in peace. In more than once, Um, and for the last few decades that we knew one another, we did in fact almost take a stab at the manuscript. On yes, more than one occasion, but there were always more urgent matters awaiting her. Ones to be completed on behalf of others. For herself. She never had any time.
1: Yeah, well, Shafir was a very, very close friend. He was a protege of my mother's. He was in fact himself a very good poet, I think, not fully appreciated. I still have lines from his poems floating around in my memory, Uh, and uh, he just devoted himself to this project, which was a very hard job. Uh, he was a real tzaddik. He uh, uh, he uh, he put so much time and effort into it. Uh, she was not. She was not strong enough for. I mean, the latter part of her life was extremely difficult. I don't know if people realize how how hard it was, but she certainly didn't have the the strength to cope with uh, editing. Uh, a, a manuscript from scratch and and bringing it into into print and Shafir really worked terribly hard at doing that. I'll be I'm eternally grateful to his ghost for for what he did.
0: <clears throat> and as we are grateful to you for providing permission to translate from the Yiddish original, we're grateful to his family for allowing um, permission for this as well. Um, I first
1: to know. Yeah. Speaking of the translation, uh, I haven't read this book since I first read it when it was written. Uh, and in fact, I've forgotten much. I'm just about three quarters of the way through it now. And I'm at that very painful moment when Sholem, his real name was Shimon, by the way, uh, had to give up his farm, uh, that awful transitional uh, point where they get ready to leave for America. Uh, But I have, you know, I, I was struck over and over again by the quality of the writing in English. And I've gone back to paragraph after paragraph That the translation is accurate almost syllable by syllable. Uh, Nowhere does Taub attempt to embellish or improve the original. The original stands just as it was, and the translation is just beautiful.
0: It it is absolutely, um, I would agree. We are absolutely honored to be able to publish the book. It's an amazing story um, and beautifully translated um I I knew of your mother as a Yiddish poet and then when I read Dina in manuscript, I was really struck by her prose writing. Um, it's so vivid, so illustrative and it, it you know it has in my mind a, a poet's precision if I may um and in a word, it just reads beautifully in the again in Yaremiahhu Aaron Taub's translation because I can't read the original and I I'm curious to ask you, you know, how how you feel about that in terms of knowing her writing so intimately and how much did she do in terms of prose?
1: How much did she what?
0: How how much work um, did she write in prose rather than in poetry?
1: Well, um, I guess what's not so well known about her is that she was also uh, an essayist. Uh, and a public speaker, so she did more writing in prose than you would expect, but it would have been bellatristic writing. It would not have been um, art art writing, so to speak. It would not have been fiction uh, or that sort of thing. She may have one short story that she published somewhere, but I don't think I even know where it would be, so uh, she was not uh, she didn't practice fiction writing. This novel is, I believe, the only extended example of her writing in prose. And apparently it came pretty naturally to her because it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, she, she creates scenes in such a just absolutely beautiful way. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts about Dina as a window into the experience of a young Jewish girl, both as a reader and and also as her son. I mean, it's such a unique work in that there are so few that I'm aware of, you know, works like this, especially in translation that I'm aware of that really depict what that experience was like.
1: Yeah, well, if nothing more, I think it's an extremely important ethnographic document. Uh, I mean, uh, it's the sort of thing that, uh, who was the great ethnographer at the beginning of the 20th century? I can't... Onski. A- Anski, I mean, he would have really licked his chops over this book because it's packed with details that you would never find anywhere else. Uh, I would like to mention that I have been twice to my mother's village to Ugli. Uh, and I've been to Kapulia, that is, uh, Mendele's town. Uh, and uh, to my astonishment, the regional library in Kapu-ya, uh, the li- re- regional librarian was extremely hospitable. I mean, all the awful things I had heard about Belarus just didn't seem to pertain at all in that context. Uh, to my utter astonishment, she produced from behind her desk a complete edition of the works of Mendel and in Yiddish. Uh, so they, they have attempted to retain whatever uh, traditions there were in that area, uh, including the Yiddish tradition. Um, and... Uh, I would love, I I left a copy of Dina in the original Yiddish with her at the time. And I'm going to make an attempt to make contact with that regional library again and try to send them a copy of the translation. Um, We'll absolutely
0: um, help you get that to them. Um,
1: On the other hand, there was absolutely nothing left of Ukli as she described it. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't make any correlation. Of course, the Nazis had swept through there and destroyed whatever they could lay hands on of, of, of Jewish uh, life there. I think there was one Jew left there whom I spoke with by telephone. I never got to see him. Uh, but uh, at least I, I trod the ground uh, of of Dina. I, I walked where all these things happen, uh, and uh, I was in in the town of Kapulya. By the way, she just refers to it constantly as a shtetl, and it's not clear to me what that means. Uh, at, the, at present, of course, there is no Jewish uh, population there. Does it mean that at one time Kapula was an entirely Jewish town? I don't know that.
0: When you describe walking on that ground, it reminds me that one of the things I felt as a reader is that through Dina, she always feels like she's on the periphery of a scene. She's this like very um, vigilant and curious observer. Was that your mother? Was she a chronicler of, of the scene? She just brings you right into it, but again, um, on the borders, on the edge of it.
1: That's an interesting observation. Um, I mean, at the t- same time, she's embedded in it and observing it, observing it. Uh, it's a double role that's, Maybe there's some contradiction involved there because uh, certain objectivity is required uh, for observation. Uh, and at the same time, uh, she feels everything that is happening. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a kind of tour de force. It's, a, uh, uh, it's an unusual uh, accomplishment, especially since she makes the observer Uh, a a very young child.
0: I also felt as, 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 oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: I should mention um, my mother had, of course, an enormous memory uh, and uh, she, uh, um, in a way, I don't find it all that surprising that she has all that detail there although it doesn't stand to reason. You can't, can't believe that she would really have remembered all those things. But in some other way, I can't quite bring myself to deny it either because I know that she had an enormous memory.
0: It's interesting. It's almost, you know, I talked about my thinking that it had the precision of a poet's hand, but also it's, um, there are, Quote chapters to the to the novel, but they're very very short, and it's almost like I sometimes think how we remember snapshots, and that seems like she can bring back that one moment in a scene.
1: I don't remember whether Shafir introduced the chapter headings. My suspicion is that he did, but I don't know that for a fact. Um, I mean, one would have to try to recover his copy of the of the manuscript. God knows how you could do that. Uh, but I I somehow don't think that my mother would have cut it up in in that way during the writing of it. I think that Schaffer may have done that. So that may contribute to the sense of the snapshot, or the vignette, or 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 the, the just the isolation scene but I can't vouch for that
0: did your mother share much of her work um, with you growing up and was this was this story of her childhood something that she discussed with you
1: she talked about it all the time uh, for instance the the story of her having accidentally killed her sister uh, was something that was always on her mind as an adult. Um, and um, she no she talked about the content of that book uh, long before it was written. Um, it was really on, on her in her thoughts, constantly her early childhood, uh, her brother, uh, who died as a result of the, uh, being attacked by the the R- Russian police. She spoke of him frequently. Um, yeah, I mean, as I as I read now, I recognize many of the episodes, not from my previous reading of a book, but from her having talked about them. Um,
0: so Dina is a 2022 Great Jewish Books Club. Selection this year, and I'm wondering for our book club members, is there anything you'd like them to consider as they read the book?
1: Well, just the fact that it's not fiction, that it's absolute fact, uh, and uh, uh, I mean the story of the of the of the girl who was possessed, so that she. She's clung to the wall and could could not be torn away from it. This was my mother's actual recollection. Um, whether it's a recollection of a story or a recollection of an experience, it's something that was embedded in her and that she carried with her. And I think if people realize that everything in that book is real, uh, it will... It will matter to them in a in a in a serious way.
0: Um, Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, And for the and for the book, for the permission to translate it. because it is such an important book. If it was just a novel, um, a work of fiction, it would be a beautiful work of fiction, but it is, as you say, um, a real memoir of your, from your mother, and it's just glorious. So um, again, thank you um, for taking the time to talk about this with us today. Um, and just again, for our listeners, um, Dina, an autobiographical novel by Ida Maza, translated by Jeremy Yahoo, Aaron Taub. Published by White Coat Press, it's available in bookstores and at shop.yiddishbookcenter.org. Thank you again, Irving, and to your daughter, Rachel, for today's conversation. Thank you. You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.